Yo, what is up and hola, ladies and gentlemen, it is your boy Koda Hakmankovic back to the Koda Comedy Nightly Podcast. That's right. What's going on, everybody? I hope you're having a happy quarantine and I hope this shit is over soon. Well, uh, the last episode was called The Last Page and I kind of want to piggyback after that because I was rudely interrupted during my recording yesterday. So I couldn't finish it. So I'm going to piggyback off that and then I'm going to go into a whole new episode. Where we left off at was me winning the Kenan Thompson's Ultimate Comedy Experience. Uh, I believe a big reason that I won that was because of Jesus. It was because of God. I'm a firm believer in the Bible. I'm a Christian, you know, and I, I believe as long as God's on my side, he will make whatever's supposed to be possible, possible. You know, um, I was in there praying in the back in the green room, shadow boxing, uh, talking to the other comics, talking to the producer, you know, just talking about life, you know, and uh, we were vibing back there. And next thing I know, they bring me on. Cortez calls my name from Wild and Out, stand up Cortez, calls my name. He's like, Coda, hot, Bankovich. And I had a straight up. Great, amazing seven minutes, and I'm going bop, 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 bang, 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 and I'm hitting it. It's just the most consistent laughter I've heard from any of my sets in my life. There's about, there's probably laughter every 10 seconds in that bitch. You know, like, motherfucker, I killed it. I fucking killed it. And I'm forever thankful to God and Jesus for that. Amen, you know? And, uh, that's what I want to talk about today. Uh... A little bit more of my background and shit like that. Um, you know, basically, I am, uh, basically, I want to talk about some more opinionated things, my background a little bit more, and some other shit while we're at it. I'll probably make this 30 minutes or under, so that way y'all don't get bored as fuck. Um, you know, like I said, the first two episodes are probably going to be a bit more on a serious note, and I'm going to try and bring the laughter on the way with it. Um... One thing I want to talk about is, uh, yeah, that I'm a Christian. Uh, you know, as long as you have God on your side, shit will happen. You know, as long as it's meant to be, it'll happen. You know, a lot of people in my family had potential. And it unfortunately either got thrown away, it got interrupted, um, or they just threw it away, you know? Like, my Uncle Joe was going to be the next white heavyweight. He was going to be the next heavyweight champion of the world. He was going to fight Mike Tyson. Uh, but what ended up happening, you know, he ended up quitting. He didn't like hurting people no more, which is fucking stupid. He was, he was making good money, you know. And, you know, that just went away. This girl broke his heart. He didn't want to hurt people no more. Uh, you know, and that's why a big thing with me is you always pick who you surround yourself by. You know, I pick my friends. I don't let my friends pick me, you know. Um, that's why, uh, you know, that's why in the comedy game, I keep a very small circle. Um, because shit could go down. People will try and bring you down or somebody could bring you down without even trying. And it's it's fucked up. It's pretty fucked up. And, it's, and that's the sad truth of this business. Um, but yeah, my Uncle Joe was going to be a professional boxer. He was going to be the next heavyweight champion in the world. You know, he, Leroy Neiman made paintings of him. 
uh, we have shit from uh, his manager with Muhammad Ali's manager. He was one of the best. Everybody thought he was one of the best boxers ever. Uh, another thing is my mom was going to be a singer. Sounds just like Celine Dion. She had an opera scholarship to this uh, amazing school in, I think, Australia. You know, she was going to be a, a world-famous singer. Everybody was looking at her. People wanted her um, to sing at their venue. She was making money off of singing. She was singing everywhere. And she ended up having me. You know, she ended up going to UNLV. Uh, and she had me uh, when she was 24. So she couldn't pursue her dreams uh, that well, unfortunately. But, you know, I I guess it's my fault. <laughs> but, like, still, you know, shit will always work out. And, you know. But, yeah, she was going to be an amazing singer. But she got horny one day. Shit happened. Um, you know, my grandpa was going to be a pitcher for the, for the New York Yankees. And he got drafted the Marines. It's just, uh, you know, everybody missed their calling. Everybody missed their calling in my family. Uh, my cousin and my uncle was going to be football players. Uh, they had bad grades, kind of uh, made it to where they couldn't go to the NFL. You know, that's why you got to keep your grades up, you know. It's just shit gets in the way, and unfortunately, not everything works out. That's why I always believe you got to have a backup plan. If... This shit doesn't work for me. I want to get in to at least film movies, be a director, something like that. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, but I hopefully, hopefully I make it in the stand-up game because I believe this is where my true, purely raw talent is. Um, okay, another thing I want to talk about is, you know, basic, well, basically this. <laughs> I want to keep talking about this. Pursue your dreams, people. Anything, mostly anything can happen as long as you put your mind to it. I'm, like, like if you want to be a superstar singer, as long as you could sing and you're a good singer and there's something different about you, it could happen. It's possible. You know, I'm not saying anything's possible because not everything's possible. Like, motherfucker, you can't be a firefighter, astronaut, opera singer, fucking... Uh, prostitute, okay, you can't be doing that shit all at the same time, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I know that all the white liberals, or all the fat white lady liberals and shit are probably like, ah, oh, you can be anything you want to be, shut the fuck up, bitch, you, no, you can't, I'm sorry, but you can't, people, you can't, sorry, hashtag sorry, not sorry, you know, but it, it, pretty much anything you put your mind to, it could happen, and you just gotta have hope, uh, you gotta believe, it's like, it's it's like, yeah, it's pretty much like, it's kind of like the word of God. Like, you got to have hope. You got to believe. And there, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. There's going to be trials. You're going to have to face the trials and tribulations of life. There's going to be hurdles along the way, but you could easily get through it. A big hurdle for me has been my haters. Uh, pretty much all my life, I've been hated on. Horribly, badly. Before a comedy was even an idea for me, I've always been hated on. I get hate now to this day from adults, from kids in my school, from people on social media, from other comedians. I get hate all the time. Haters gonna hate, 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 hate. 
but it's never affects me too much because the reason why I'm not so sensitive, the reason why I don't have any securities, the reason why I accept my differences, my disabilities, and other shit that's happening, and the reason why I could make humor about things and see things the way I, I want to see them is because I've just been raised in hate. I've always been around hate. People think hating on me is going to stop me. You know, kids at school think hating on me is going to stop me, man. Like, fine then, don't hang out with me. I don't have a lot of friends. I keep, I have a small circle. But guess what? Those friends that I have, those friends that hang out with me, the friends that I keep, the friends that talk to me every day, the real motherfuckers are going to be, I don't see success as just me going up to the top. I want to bring people up with me. Like Kevin Hart, he brought people up with him. Not just his comedians friends, but writers, uh, entrepreneurs, poets, uh, singers, comedians, all this shit. That, that's the way I want to do it. I want to bring up football players. Uh, I want to bring up athletes. I want to bring up singers, musicians, poets, uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, shit like that. It's all about networking. And that's how you build your empire. Is bringing people up with you. And people don't realize it. But if you keep hating on a successful person. Or a person that's going to be successful. You're fucking stupid. If you're nice to a successful person. Or a person that's going to be successful. They will bring you up with them. You will also have that millionaire status. Or that billionaire mogul status. You know. And people just don't realize it. Because they're so close minded. But like I was saying, the hurdle of hate does not get to me, man. I was getting hated on before I was even out the womb. My my grandparents wanted my mom to abort the baby. They didn't want my mom to have me because they didn't like my real dad. I don't even like my real dad. I don't even know his ass. I don't even like his ass. <laughs> you know, but uh, and also because I'm Mexican, you know. And uh, yeah, I was getting hated on before I was even out the womb. And... Uh, when I came out the womb, my uncle's wife was hating on me because I was a cute-ass baby and her kids were fugly as fuck. <laughs> you know, um, everybody was hating on me, man. And I've always had hate on me. And my family's weird, you know. I'm in a Mexican family. I'm in a Mexican white family. And the white part is Irish and Russian. So, you know, Irish people, they're all fucked up. They're always hating on one person in the family or this person in the family, you know, like... My grandma will hate on my Aunt Karen, and my Aunt Karen will hate on my, my Aunt Bess, and then my grandma will hate on my Aunt Lauren, and then, uh, you know, my uncle will hate on my Uncle Bob, and my Uncle Jim will hate on my Uncle Bob. It's just, I've been surrounded around hate so much to where it doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect me, man. You know, kids, kids haven't really liked me. In, in elementary school, I, I had no friends. I had no friends in elementary school, man. I was a fucking loner. I had maybe one friend in fifth grade, and I had one friend from, like, first to third grade. And that's it, you know? Uh, and, you know, I I thought I had another friend, but he turned out to be fake as fuck. We didn't get along at all afterwards, you know, after we stopped seeing each other all the time. We did not get along. That's why I've always learned and been taught to... Here's what it is. Here's the thing with friends, people. Not everybody wants to be a friend. Not everybody's going to be your friend. The light, it, life isn't all sunshine and rainbows. 
It's fucking dark. It's dark. It's red and black. It's not... It's not a uh, rainbow. It's red and black. It's a dark world out there. But you have the ability to make your world... Uh, keyword, your world... Powder blue. You have the ability... To make it rainbow. And I don't see the rainbow. At, the rainbow is, is a thing of God. It's not gay. Uh, the gay people took it. Because they're fucked up. You know. <laughs> and I, I'm going to talk about. The. Getting. Uh, labeled later. I'm not a homophobe. But I'm going to talk about labels. Later on in this podcast. Uh, probably this episode. But yeah. You know. Keep a small circle. You choose your friends. Don't let your friends pick you. Cause there's gonna be so. Cause Kevin Hart, when he he had a problem, he picked all of his friends except for one. One picked him and stabbed him in the fucking back. Almost ruined his marriage. Uh, almost fucked up his career. You know. Uh, you know they he shared this sex tape of him and this other bitch in Vegas to his wife. Almost literally almost fucked up his marriage, his entire career tried to literally shut him all the way down because hate is gonna hate he wanted kevin hart's mogul status he wanted kevin hart's job and that's that's the thing just like football somebody's always out for your position in football that's the same thing with comedy somebody's always out for your position you may be headliner now but that guest spot wants your headlining position you know it, that host wants your feature position. You know, he people want your opener position. You, you know, people want shit. You know, uh, everybody wants something in life. Everybody does. You know, everybody wants to be a millionaire. Everybody wants to be a billionaire. Everybody wants the big house. Everybody wants a nice car. Uh, you know, everybody wants food on the table. Everybody wants food and water and to, and to survive and have that nice family and live the American dream and, and have a beautiful wife and kids or, or, or a handsome husband and kids, uh, you know, if you're a male or female. You know, um, everybody wants something in life. Um, so somebody's always out for your position. So be careful when you choose your friends. Uh, yeah. Like I was saying... Words and hatred don't affect me because I grew up in it. Uh, because I grew up in it. Hatred doesn't affect me because I grew up in it. But words also don't affect me. No matter what. People think they can offend me by hating on me. I don't care. I just don't care. You're not going to make me cry. You're not going to crack me. I've had people trying to uh, offend me with words. Showing me that words do hurt. They really don't. They really don't for me. A word is a word. It's a sound. It doesn't hurt. Even, you know, I've always gone with the intent of what people are saying. If you're at a comedy show and a comedian saying something on stage, it's obviously a joke. You gotta listen to the tone in their voice. You gotta figure out the manner that they are saying that word in. Words at all aren't bad in themselves. It's the intent in which the person uses it. You know, um, if they have a hateful intent, if they, if they have the intent to offend you, then yeah, 
I get it, get offended. Because they're trying to offend you. But even me, I've always learned and I've always been raised the old-fashioned way. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names and words will never hurt me. A punch in the face will fuck you up. But words, what the fuck's a word gonna do, you pussy ass motherfucker? Really? Words, really? I think you're just fucking stupid if you get offended by words. It's fucking retarded. You're literally more retarded than that motherfucker trying to bite his ear in the back of the classroom. You're fucking retarded if you get offended by words, man. You know, and I'm sorry if I'm yelling. Uh, you know, if I am yelling and hurting your ears, people, let me know. Uh, contact me on Snapchat at Coda Hawk or Instagram at Coda underscore Hawk. Uh, the Hawk has an E at the end, by the way, because I'm a badass motherfucker like that. I'm a player. Oh, shit. There's a big-ass mosquito in my house. Oh, shit. Yo, I'm going to pause this real quick, and I'm going to continue in a second. All right. I can't find the mosquito that was in the fucking house, but if I see his ass again, I'm going to kill that motherfucker. <laughs> like I was saying, uh... You know, uh, yeah, if, if words offend you, you're fucking stupid. You know, just sticks and stones may break your bones, but names and words will never hurt you. They really won't. They, they physically can't hurt you. Hurt is, is a physical, hurting is a physical, uh, it's a physical feeling. You know, a pinch, you felt that. A punch, you felt that. A word, how do you feel it? You can't touch a word. You can't grab a word. You can't... Your body doesn't feel pain from a word. You know, and I see, I see, I know what y'all are saying. A lot of people uh, have done violent acts because of words. And I say that's the fucking parents' fault. That's the fucking parents' fault. Uh, you see these crazy-ass fucking kids shooting up the school and shit because nowadays these parents are teaching their kids to be scared and fear every little fucking stupid-ass thing. And that's why these kids are shooting up the fucking school. Because the parents aren't raising them right. They aren't being taught right. You know, the I, I, I see these kids killing themselves and shit. Because we don't teach these kids right. The, I've always been taught, if you kill yourself, you're fucking stupid. You're fucking stupid. And I think killing yourself is the most stupid and selfish thing you could do. In, at all. At all. It's fucking selfish, it's stupid, and it, it's irresponsible. You know, killing your life is worth more than a word. You know, and the reason why a lot of people kill themselves is because people try to go against Christ, and especially the schools now, they took the Lord's Prayer out of the school. But we're not allowed to talk about religion in school anymore. Because, you know, somebody might get offended. Some atheist motherfucker might get offended. Because the words. Again, it's fucking stupid. I, if you kill yourself, you go to hell. It's easy that. Just tell your kid, hey, if you kill yourself, you're going to burn in hell, motherfucker. Like, and 
I ain't gonna see you there. So I ain't gonna miss you because you were stupid, selfish, irresponsible motherfucker and killed yourself. Like a dumbass. I, it's, it's fucking stupid. It, it's fucking stupid. It's just dumb. You know? Yeah. And he, like I said, he, everybody has to deal with hatred. You know, maybe not as much as me. I maybe have three real friends right now. That's more friends. That, a lot of people have more friends than me. You know, you see these kids shooting up the school have six, seven friends. I have three. You don't see me shooting up the school. You don't see me going out doing violent acts, causing riots. Uh, you know, you don't see me killing myself because it's stupid. It's fucking dumb. You know, it. you're not defined by how many people you hang out with. The most successful people in the world have been loners. Uh, either they were introverts or not. You know, I'm a loner not because I choose to be. Just a lot of people don't like me. A lot of people don't like me. Shit. I never had a girlfriend. I'm 15 years old. Never had a girlfriend. Fuck, I have three real friends in my life. Everybody else is hating on me. It's the world against Coda. And it's fucked up. And, and it's a battle that I have to take. It, it's me and the world in a boxing ring right now. And right now, I'm winning. I'm winning. Other than this quarantine shit, mother uh, fucking China... You know, fucked me up, you know, now it's really, and, and to put it in perspective, it's like, you know how I said it's the world versus me, hatred versus me, it, it's kind of like what everybody else is going through right now, it's like, the, it's everybody, it's you versus China right now, it's you versus the coronavirus, coronavirus is fucking you up, it's trying to fuck you up. And some of y'all are winning this battle, and some and some of y'all are letting coronavirus win this battle. I feel that if I quit what I'm doing, if I change myself to be accepted in the world by these motherfuckers that don't like me, I'm letting those stupid ass motherfuckers win. Never change yourself. Never do this or that for him or her or that or this. Because it's fucking stupid. You are you. God gave you your personality. God gave you what you have now. He gave you your talent. He gave you your perspective, your opinions, your, your life. Never change what God gave you just for somebody. Never. Never do that shit. Because it's fucking stupid and then you're letting that, that motherfucker win. You know what I mean? It's fucking stupid. It's stupid. You know? Um. Yeah, exactly. Um. Another thing I want to talk about is uh, a little bit more on my backstory. Um, we're gonna go back a while ago. I didn't always live in the greatest neighborhood. I used to live. In a shitty ass part of town, in a fucking 
shitty ass divey apartment that we remodeled because they didn't give a fuck. They were cool with us remodeling it. But, you know, I lived in, in a shitty ass divey apartment complex, fucking welfare people everywhere on Karen Avenue behind the Sahara Hotel. Police presence is always there. There's gangs walking around, gang bangers, gang members walking around. People on welfare, hungry ass people, homeless people. You know, uh, again, people trying to find their way into a better life. There were some honest, good, hardworking people there. There were some illegal immigrants. There were some just who were up to no fucking good. You know, luckily I didn't grow up in an area with so much violent crimes. It was more, it was more money crimes, but still. You know, it's not an area you want to be in, because if you fuck with somebody's money, if somebody were to fuck with their money, this one have turned into a violent crime. I couldn't, I couldn't accustomate to that gang lifestyle, because I, I didn't have a weak mind. Gangs went after people with weak minds. You know, come fight for us, it's our street, dog. it's our street. I'm like, first of all, this is shitty ass fucking street. <laughs> if you think I'm fighting for Karen Avenue, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> and and <laughs> if fighting for Karen Avenue is like fighting somebody because they touch your dog shit and they're not allowed to touch your dog shit because that's your fucking dog shit, bro. You know what the fuck I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's fucking crazy. It's fucking stupid. And also, I didn't have the strength to be a gang member. You know, I, I ain't fast at all i i i threw a brick through a window causing trouble with with some of these other uh, kids you know these other ghetto kids i don't i think some of them are gangbangers i don't know um and i wasn't fast enough to run away i wasn't you know and, but yeah it's all a mind trick to get people into that lifestyle i was lucky to not be raised weak-mindedly I, I said, I ain't fighting for this shitty ass street, you know, like, <laughs> I can't do it, <laughs> you know, like, if I'm fighting for any street, I'm fighting for fucking Anthem Parkway, motherfucker, okay, <laughs> you know what I mean, but yeah, you know, when I lived down there, I was living down there, I, everybody came to my house, everybody came to my house, like, man, your house is nice, it has lights and everything, you have a microwave. I thought they only had that at 7-Eleven. You know? Uh, <laughs> and I went from there to moving up to a better neighborhood. It's not the best neighborhood, but it's a better neighborhood. You know? And I live up uh, in Henderson now. It, it's not the best part of Henderson, but it, it, it's a decent part. You know? It's, not, it's way better than... Karen Avenue, but now we live, but now I'm living like those kids, but in a nice neighborhood. You know, I, my dad is a gambling addict. You know, my my parents love to gamble. And not at like the fucking casino. They ain't going to Caesar's Palace or Sunset Station. The fucking gas station what's get my, is what gets my dad. Gambling just runs in the family. My grandparents gamble. My, my aunts and uncles gamble. My parents gamble. It's just a part of living in the city. But my dad can't take it. He can't take the gambling. He can't be around that shit. And, 
You know, he gambles his, the, the money away. He doesn't even work. My mom's away. I, I live a hard life now, but I feel that it'll get better. As long as you want it to get better, you can make it better. By, by the time I'm 18, I could get out this motherfucker if I want to. I could do whatever the fuck I want. I'm a free man. I'm in a free world. It's going to be hard, but I could do it. As long as you, like I said earlier, as long as you put your mind to some shit and it's realistic, you could do it. It's possible. It's not going to be easy, but it's possible. It's going to be amazing by the time the finished product is there. You know? But I'm up here living like those kids. I didn't have lights for like four months because my dad didn't pay the bill, gambled the check away, my mom's check away, and uh, rigged, rigged the power for like two days. Power company comes out and charges a $1,000 fine, then we have to go get all these permits and all this shit. We couldn't afford that. We could barely pay the mortgage. We could barely pay the bill itself. You know, because my mom, there only one person's working a job trying to provide for me a child and a fucking grown-ass man. You know, that I love my dad. He's done some good things. He's done a lot of bad things, but he's also done a lot of good things. He... I think he needs help, but you know, it's always up to a person. You can't help a person that doesn't want to be helped, you know, but it's, I can make my life the way I want it to be as long as I put my mind to it. It's not my fault. I know it's not my fault. It's not, I'm not the one putting the money in the gambling machine. It's him. You know, even if I'm, even if I go with him, he'll still put money in the gambling machine. Go to buy a candy bar. I'll be right back. You know, it's just, um, and now I feel like this quarantine was a blessing in disguise. It takes 29 days or like 23 days, something like that, to get rid of a bad habit, to get rid of a habit. All the casinos are closed. There's no gambling, not even in the gas, not even in the gas station. Hopefully, this is true and it works. Now, hopefully, he'll go get a job. Because of this. And and we'll have two people making an income. And hopefully we can move up by my school. Hopefully we could get at, at least rent a nice house. And a nice little house with a, with a little yard and a pool in Anthem or Seven Hills or Green Valley. You know, or uh, somewhere like that. Or Coronado Canyon. Somewhere like that. You know, hopefully, hopefully this shit is true. That God will always uh, give you a path through life. He'll help you. Maybe this is a blessing in disguise. I hope it is. Although there is some downfalls to this blessing. I can't work. I can't do comedy. I can't do the shit that keeps me stable. That's why I'm doing this fucking podcast. I'm venting right now. Y'all my fucking therapist. Shit. You know? But, um, I know this is more like a motivational speaking episode, but it's true. I just want to give my advice through life to fund your way through life with knowledge. I don't have any money to give you, but I give, I can give you some knowledge. <laughs> you know what I mean, bro? I can give you some knowledge. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was living like these kids in the ghetto were. 
You know, I didn't have water. I was like a fucking African lady in the Ebola River, the, going through my pool, bucketing out water, trying to flush it down the toilet so that way I could take a decent shit. You know, like a me, I, me, I, me, I, 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 me, and, uh, you know, basically, I was able, uh, now, look at this, uh, now there's no gambling, we were able to get the power back on, we were able to get the water back on, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, shit has been working out, it's working out, now it's just a matter of time until I get to move, I get to live a better life, I get to be on time for school, I, I get to get my grades up, I get to do football, I get to get healthier, you know, I, I get to do all these amazing things that I've always wanted to do in life, it's just a matter of time, it's gonna take time, and the time has been taken, and it's almost ready, it's almost done, the cake is almost baked, uh, you know what I mean, and I can't wait for this to happen. I am living proof that real that if what you want to do is realistic can be done. It can be done. I am living my dream. I was gonna have Netflix come look at me. I was I was a I was uh gonna be auditioning for TV shows. I was gonna be having my own show at a comedy club right now, my own residency. Uh unfortunately didn't happen cuz of corona. And it, a lot of it got canceled. I, I was going to be going to New York and L.A. And uh, go behind the scenes of Saturday Night Live. And uh, perform on Broadway. And shit like that. And Corona brought me down. But I'm not going to let Corona win. Right when this shit's over, watch. I'm going to be working. I'm gonna I'm, I'm make, I'm gonna try and have a show every day. I'm gonna be doing a comedy marathon, just like 48 hours, 48 hours, 48 hours, 48 hours. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be talking like a fucking broken record. Y'all are gonna hate me by the time this shit's done. Y'all are gonna be like the rest of the people and hate me, you know? <laughs> Cause I'll be annoying as fuck probably by the time this shit's done. But, <laughs> you know, it could be done. My dream it, is to make it. I want to make it in the comedy business. I want to get my my Netflix special and get paid 32 to 36 million or even more than that and buy this really nice my dream is to have this really nice house in either Seven Hills or McDonald Ranch. Big old house. Nice mansion, maybe a couple million dollars with a pool and and have my dogs and have a have a beautiful family with a wife and kids and, and be uh, doing what makes me happy, which is comedy every day and getting paid for it. And, you know, uh, uh, hopefully, and give my mom a better life, uh, give my grandparents a better life, you know, uh, buy my mom a car. I wanna be able to do this shit. And I will be as long as I put my mind to it. And it's it's just, it's happening right now. Step by step. I started when I like I said when I started comedy, I started in a senior community where people were doing boom booms in the fucking diapers and like uh, and you know like fucking stupid people. 
stupid ass old people. Well, not stupid ass. Some of them were actually really cool. But, <laughs> you know, some of them were doing boom boom, shitting their diapers, you know. Uh, some of them were even making noises while shitting the diapers, you know. I'm telling jokes and shit. I'm like, wow, the chicken cross the <laughs> You know, it's fucking, it's some stupid shit. And now look at me. I was performing with Cortez Macklin from Wild and Out with the Kenan Thompson name at Jimmy Kimmel's Comedy Club on the strip at night on a Saturday at the link in Las Vegas. So many people dream of having a show on the Las Vegas strip and never fulfill it. I have. This is just Jimmy Kimmel's comedy club. Wait, next time I'll be on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Then I'll then I'll be on Saturday Night Live. Then I'll have my residency at the Wynn. I'll be having my special at Caesar's Palace in the Coliseum. I, I, I'll be re recording up to five to seven, however many specials I want to, because I can. As long as I write my material, I'll be getting paid $30 million a special. Because I put my mind to it. You know? Uh, as long as you put your mind to it, people, you can do it. You know? It has to be realistic, though. You know, like me? Like me saying I'm going to start on varsity as a quarterback in football? That's not realistic. I have no talent in sports whatsoever. That's not realistic. But me being a comedian... Me making it as a comedian, as an actor, I could do that shit. It's realistic, baby. You know? Uh, yeah. Another thing I want to talk about is my love life. Never had a girlfriend. So this is one is for you ladies. My type is I like Italian women. The reason being is because... Uh, you know, they're, they're like me. They're straight up. They, you know, they're straight up. They'll be like, the fuck you talking about here? You know, like, Italian people are straight up. They'll be like, the fuck you talking about? She's a fat motherfucker. She's so fat, she looks like a fucking letter S, yeah, so. I like Italian people. You know that? I wanted a nice Italian girl with big titties. And that'll love me for me. And hopefully this is a realistic goal. I don't know if it is. But hopefully it will be, you know? And like I said, if I put my mind to it and get this success, it, the dream of success, and have my dream of success, and my dream comes true, this other dream will probably come true. Because look, uh, you know, this other dream will come true, and that dream will, and that dream. You know, shit like that. It, everything will come according to plan, as long as you believe, you know, pray throughout your way. I pray every night. Uh, I pray pretty much every night or every day and try to or every other day and ask God to lead me through life. Mm, amen. He has been doing it. Amen. Uh, you know, now I want to talk about labeling. I've gotten a lot of labels throughout the comedy community and uh, I'm going to talk about my label in the comedy community, and then I'll talk about my labels at school and in real life. Um, my label in the comedy community was Rape Apologist. This comic, I believe he is one of the funniest in comics in Vegas, if not the funniest. Um, 
he was falsely accused of rape. Um, I know he's a good guy. I've known him for a couple years now. He's an amazing comic, amazing guy. I get a great, good vibe from him. He's in my small circle. He's gotten hated on all of his life like me. And next thing we know, this one bitch, this one bitch says he raped her. Now this guy, mind you, he has a fucking lisp. He, he's, he's, uh, maybe a little bit smaller than me. Uh, you know, and this bitch was tall as fuck. Uh, fucking ugliest motherfucker I've seen in my life. Like, she looked like she could whoop some ass. I was like, really? Him raping her? Like, who the fuck would want to rape her? I'm just straight up like that. I know like that, you see? But these other comedians, these other brand new open micers thinking that the shit in the game are like, no, he didn't, he didn't. I'm like, really? Come on, fuck, really? he'd, He'd be dead if he even tried to rape her, you know? Like fucking stupid ass people, and they called me a rape apologist for keep putting in, for keeping on putting them on shows, but I kept putting them on shows because I stand for what's right. We live in America. I am a big believer of the First Amendment, freedom of speech. I'm a big advocate of that. I'm not really an activist, but I'm a very big advocate of the First Amendment, freedom of speech. That's why, you know, that, that's why four founding fathers fought for. That's why there's people in Iraq right now fighting for our country, for our freedom of speech. Because, uh, uh, you know, like, North Korea does not like freedom of speech whatsoever. Communist countries do not like freedom of speech. If uh, I, There's a lot of countries I couldn't say the shit I'm, I'm saying or that I say in. I couldn't do it. I'd probably get killed, you know, and that our troops fight every day for that amendment, and I, I believe that it is, I should be, just because they fight for it, I should use that amendment, I should embrace it, I should advocate it, you know what I mean, uh, but like I was saying, you know, I, I give my opinion, I voice my opinion, and I knew my opinion was right, I knew my statement was right too, I gave my statement like I do with my jokes, I give my opinion, I give my statement, you know, and uh, my statement and my opinion was right, you know, I, uh, he, he's falsely accused, and, you know, he's a good person, I've known a lot of people that gotten falsely accused of, of shit like rape, you know, and it, it fucked them up, the rest of their life fucked them up, you know, and I didn't want to see that happen to this guy, I didn't, I wanted to bring him up with me, you know, and I am at this moment. I'm trying to bring him up with me, bro. You know, you know what the fuck I mean? But yeah. Um, and rape apologists, so they call me rape apologists. I'm like, that's not a rape apologist. I'm not a rape apologist because he didn't fucking rape her. Fucking stupid asses, you know? Stupid ass people are the ones that label you. Stupid ass asses will label the fuck out of you, ladies and gentlemen. They will label the fuck out of you. Now, at school in, and in real life, a lot of people uh, label me as a racist and homophobic and transphobic and shit like that and sexist and shit like that, which I'm not. I'm not at all. You know, racism, okay, I, I, I'll be honest, I say a lot of stereotypical shit, a lot of stereotypical shit. 
but that's just being stereotypical. If you call me stereotypical, you're 100% right. I'm very stereotypical, but in a joking manner. I'm very stereotypical, but I am not a racist, and I won't stand for anybody to call me a racist because of how much shit that brings. Because, first of all, it's a false statement. I'm not racist. I'm not homophobic. Racism, ladies and gentlemen, is hatred towards other races. Anybody could be a racist. Whether you're black, white, Asian, uh, fucking Indian, doesn't fucking matter. You know, anybody could be a racist. I'm not a racist. I've seen a real racist. My great-grandpa, Red... He was, his name was Red. Pittsburgh Redneck. Grandpa Red. Great Grandpa Red. He was a fucking racist. He used racial slurs all the time. It was chinks and Jews and spicks and beaners and dagos and wops and all this shit. And the N-word and, and all these other words. He was so racist, he didn't like other white people. If you weren't German or fucking... Uh, if you weren't German or Irish, fuck you then. You know, he, he even used the word hunky. Uh, blue-eyed motherfucker, honky, blue-eyed motherfucker, shit like that. He he hated it. He hated even other white people. He was a real fucking racist. I'm not a racist. I have no hatred towards anybody. If I was a racist, I wouldn't have black friends. I'll be honest. Most of my shows, I most of my shows are predominantly black people in the audience and on my show. Uh, you know, I'll have a show of seven people, five of five out of seven of them are black. And then I'll have like a Mexican, and then a white guy. I, you know, if, if I was a racist, I wouldn't have black friends. I wouldn't have Asian friends. I wouldn't, or, you know, like I said, I really only have three real friends. One of them's Hawaiian. Fuck, that's, that's almost Asian. I, I think that's Asian, actually. You know, Hawaiian is an Asian thing. You know, Pacific Islander, Polynesian, that's Asian. You know, he, he's Hawaiian, he's Polynesian. Uh, you know, my other friend, uh, my I had a friend here, we're not friends anymore, but, you know, in the ghetto, I had a black friend named Bubba, protecting me all the time. We, he was black, and I mean, he was black. He was on welfare and everything. And not, not saying all black people are on welfare, I'm just saying, like, he was black. He was, he was black. Um... You know, I have, uh, you know, I have a black friend now. His name's Preston. He's black and white. You know, I'm not racist. I, I have uh, a Mexican friend. I have a Mexican friend named Cassie. We're friends. And she's, she's Mexican, straight from Mexico. A fucking immigrant, bitch. Like a fucking immigrant. We're friends. You know, my friend Sammy, she's, she's Italian. We... I'm not a racist. I have no hatred towards anybody. Racism is hatred, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not homophobic. Most of my fan base is gay people. Uh, there's this one gay guy that's from Boulder City that comes to all of my shows. He's my first real super fan. Fucking gay guy. Uh, you know, he's gay. And I don't care. Like, I, I don't necessarily agree with being gay, because that goes against God, and I just think it's wrong, uh, I, I think it's a little gross, too, but, 
I don't care if you're gay, go ahead, be gay. As long as you're not sucking dick in front of me, we're cool. Just go ahead, be gay. I don't care if you're gay, just don't push your gay on me, motherfucker. And I don't think that's too much to ask. That's not too much to ask, ladies and gentlemen. You know, just, I don't care if people are gay. I don't. As long as you're not pushing your gay on me, go ahead. Free country, go ahead, be gay. I don't think it's right, you know. I don't think it's right to be gay. But go ahead, fuck it, be gay. Go ahead, I don't care, you know. Uh, go ahead, Bubbles. Go suck dick in your bedroom. Like, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care if you're gay. Uh, trannies. A tranny saved my life. One time. Literally saved my life. I don't agree with being tranny. I think you should keep the dick that you were born with or keep the pussy that you were born with. But, like I said, I don't care. Go ahead. Be a tranny. It's a free country. Just don't. Try to date me. I, I I want a real motherfucker. You know what I mean. I'm I'm very big about keeping it real. <laughs> you know, personality. Keep it real. <laughs> Work uh, in in dialogue. Keep it real. In life, relationships, genders. Keep it real. <laughs> you know, um, like I said. And the problem is in this world. Like like I said, I have no hatred against homos. I have no hatred against trannies. Uh, you know, I have no hatred against anybody from the LGBTQ community. I don't. Because they ain't done shit wrong to me. Fuck. But, you know, I hate, uh, like, I, I don't like some gay people. But I don't categorize all gay people because of that. You know? Uh, there's this one gay comic I work with. His name's Ty Rivera. Funniest motherfucker I've seen in my life. It cracks me up all the fucking time. And I mean, he's gay. He's like, hello, everybody. He's a fucking faggot. He's gay as fuck. And we're friends. We agree to disagree on our opinions. But at the end of the day, we're cool. We're friends. We're colleagues. We're, uh, we're colleagues. We're, what's the word I'm trying to think of? We're acquaintances. And we're comedians together. We, we, we go on the same shows all the fucking time. And we're cool. We talk after the shows. We hang out. And I mean, he's gay as fuck. He has a grinder account. He, he's gay. You know? And I mean, he's really, really gay. He's gay. But, you know, I, like I said, I don't hate him, though. I don't agree with his ways. But at the end of the day, we're friends. We're cool. We're comics. We're brothers. We're we're in that brotherly bond of comedy. You know what I mean, bro? Like, uh, like I said, all these people, like all these gays and all the LGBTQ community, I have no hatred towards them. I just don't agree with their ways. And that's the problem uh, with life now. That's the problem with the world now is that nobody can ever, ever, ever agree to disagree nowadays. I've always been taught to agree to disagree. What the fuck ever happened to agreeing to disagree with people? We live in a world now where everybody thinks that it, you should... Um, basically, we live in a world now that everybody thinks like you should... Uh, that that uh, if somebody has a different opinion now, that you have to hate them or fear them. It's fucked up. And, and it's not true. Just because they have a different opinion than you doesn't mean you should fucking hate them for it. Especially if it's not like a really bad opinion. 
You know, it, like like a political preference. It's just a political preference. It's not a bad preference. Preference. It's not like fucking R. Kelly liking twelve year olds and shit. It's just a political preference. You the Democrat or Republican? Who the fuck cares? You know, my my grandma's a Democrat. My grandpa's a Republican. They got fucking married, and and they've been together for uh, like forty something years, over forty years. Like what the fuck, man? That's what I'm saying. We just we need to. Everybody needs to come together. And learn to agree to disagree. And uh, everybody needs to learn to love one another. You know, me and my family members, family members and uh, some of my family members don't, like, like we don't like the other family members' ways. But at the end of the day, we love each other and we accept each other's differences. And we're family and we're still family at the end of the day. And we still like each other. It's just an opinion. It's just a way. We just don't like your ways. But it's okay. We don't... It's not that we don't like you. We just don't like your ways. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's fine. But everybody should be able to be friends at the end of the fucking day. Everybody should be cool with each other. Everybody should love everybody and love each other. Which is what God wants. Which is what everybody should want in the world. Is just everybody should agree to disagree and love each other at the end of the motherfucking day, ladies and gentlemen. That is my time. We are at 53 minutes right now. Fuck. This is a long ass time. I'm sorry. I was just fucking rambling the whole damn time. Uh, I'm going to cut it short right there. The next time uh, on this podcast, we will have an interview. It'll be a talk show. That's right. A boom, 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 boom. Talk show, ladies and gentlemen. And it's going to be funny as fuck. And we're going to keep going with it, and it probably, hopefully, won't be this fucking long next time. But I just want to give you my backstory and shit like that. So, thank you guys very much. We're going to cut it right there. That's my time. I'm Koda Hakbankovic, the winner of the L.A. Comedy Club Midnight Spotlight and Keenan Thompson's Ultimate Comedy Experience in Vegas. Have a great night, ladies and gentlemen.